And welcome once again to another Friday episode of Humble and Fred Read Your Emails. Yes, and so far this has been uh, um, well received, and uh, we're glad to do it for you. And of course, uh, it, uh, these emails are brought to you by uh, evnet.ca, Aaron Ventures, and GoDaddy, and the Chambers Plan, the Retirement Sherpa, and Bodog. All right, here we go. I was trying to do some kind of cool little crossfade there, but I don't think it really worked. Uh, okay, let me put that aside for now. We, uh, you know, what we didn't do on the Thursday show, and we said we were going to, but we should, is we, we didn't read the email of the week, but we did do a little looking here. We've got a lot of people that we need to uh, thank, and so uh, without further ado, Hi guys. let's do it. This is our buddy Michael uh, McCulf, or uh, Buffalo Mike, as we know him. Uh, he says, uh, please tell May Potts, congrats. Having been with you guys for the warm transfers to May back in the day and uh, to hear all her, uh, you know, her shows, including the All Request uh, Nooner, uh, please give May my congrats on a much deserved recognition. I completely agree. Sandra deserves notice as well as those were truly special days when she was with you guys. The silliness and the fun that ensued on a daily basis between her and you guys and Danger Boy was fantastic. He says, go Jays, go. Go Leafs, go in the playoffs. Uh, but he prefers uh, Jersey. So love you, boys. Buffalo boy, Mike. And uh, yeah, yeah. what can you say about that? Yes to all. Mike's a good boy, and hopefully Hi we'll guys. get a chance to see a baseball Hi game guys. with him another time. Hi, Humble and Frank. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> I forgot all about that. Uh, this is from Christine Camerand. I'm a big fan, longtime listener, and then in capital letters, Fred. But I'm gonna bust I'm gonna bust your collective balls on this. When you talked about the chirper calling Humble a pedophile, remember that little story? Mm -hmm. uh, you brought women into the conversation and made it seem like it was their responsibility to keep their men in check. Um, I, and she puts in quotations something I guess I said, or you said, his wife didn't say anything. And then you want, went on to talk about some other wives' response or lack thereof. She says the following, we are not responsible for the fucked up shit our partners say. I agree. We are not their mother, she says. Please keep that in mind and leave us ladies out of it. We already don't get paid as much as men. Have to deal with menopause and being too emotional and not allowed to be angry in judgment if we don't dye our gray hair or if we dress too young for our ages, etc., etc., etc. We have enough to deal with. Thanks, guys, she says. P.S. Still love you both, of course. Peace, Christine. Well, to that I say, wow. Um, uh, she's given that a lot of thought. I mean, when I was talking about that at the moment, I just said, you know, if I come up with something like that and Delise was sitting there, she would let me know that uh, it was offside. That, that That's all. I, I'm not saying I would expect her to or she has an obligation to. I My observation was that she just would. That's all. Yeah, and I, but I, I appreciate that and appreciate that Christine, you know, shared her thoughts with us. And she is right. You know, women tend to have to be sometimes responsible. They do. They're, sometimes it, it falls on the, the, the partner to be responsible for the other partners. Even if it's not, you know, a male-female thing. Sometimes, you know, sometimes as a man in a relationship, you're, you, you can 
feel like you're responsible for your partner's you know behavior when really you're not you're just responsible for your own but as you just said you you can't help but have some of that blow back on you you know sure it all depends on your situation and uh, your relationship i guess but we thank you christine very much for your uh, kind uh, note and always good to hear from you frederick Okay, this is from Kelly Doan, PP for PM, that's Pierre Poliev. Um, again, I have to give you the Coles Notes version of this. It's quite lengthy. Hi, guys. She says, I have to say it was so good to hear Tony Clement today on the show. I am uh, more interested in Canadian politics, than, uh, Canadian politics than United States politics, but understand your interest in the Orange Gong Show uh, that goes on down there. Anyway, she just goes on basically to say that she has taken the time to listen to Pierre Poliev, and she thinks that he's, uh, he's a smart guy with some innovative ideas, and more people should, should uh, listen to uh, what he says, look beyond the party that he represents and listen to what he says. She thinks the timing is right for a change, and she's not surprised. You know, Tony made the point that millennials, that young, you know, that, that, law, uh, that young group of people, uh, behind us <laughs> are uh, catching on to that movement, the Poliev movement and what he has to say. And she thinks that he will be successful in becoming the next prime minister of Canada. So again, thank you very much for that. Kelly. Hi guys. Another uh, Hi perspective guys. from Jennifer Hi Kelly, longtime humble and Fred uh, emailer, April 5th. She says, drying dishes is actually a waste of time. We were talking about, should you just, you know, clean them and put them in the uh, drying rack. Drying, she says, dishes will dry by themselves. You have to wash dishes to get them clean, but you don't have to dry to get dry dishes. And thanks for having, she was on a different subjects. Uh, thanks for having such an educated, insightful guest. Phyllis Ellis, f- sorry, Phyllis Ellis was excellent. Thanks so much uh, from our friend, Jen. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. From Dave Powery. Welcome back to Canada. Hi, guys. First off, welcome back to Canada. I like the new Friday emails. It was quite obvious that trying to do it on Thursdays with the regular show was burning you guys out. And about halfway through the segments, you guys had checked out. Uh, so try this. It's a great idea. This allows you to have more freedom on Thursdays, except for golf. Boone will shit on you for golf talk. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, other than a few internet hicc- uh, hiccups while you guys were away, the sound quality of the show was always good from Mexico and the Dominican. Unlike some of the other podcasts I listen to, Howard, if you could talk to your pal uh, Bobcat, he needs help, which is Bob McCowan. I'm yeah, I, I, have you heard? I, I haven't listened to it lately. Is, is the audio not yeah. good? No, it's just not good. And I Seriously. think I actually sent him a note about we could get him help with that. But anyway, uh, Dave Powery just wanted to say, hello, longtime listener. Uh, not a hundy P, likely just a P on. Uh, stay strong. Thanks, Dave. Very nice, Dave. Appreciate you. Uh, subject matter. We built this city. Uh, says uh, Rob Burns, listening to the podcast from Tuesday, embedded that stupid song in my brain. And yeah, we did actually talk. We did read that email. I forgot. Um, a lot of people uh, said the same thing, myself included. I just realized, says Rob, that it was bouncing around in the empty space up there, driving me nuts. All thanks to Freddie's rant. I agree. It's a terrible song. I did hear a new ditty from City and Color called Underground that you guys may enjoy. And uh, keep up the good work, boys. And thank you, Rob Burns. Thank you, Rob Burns. Underground, City and Color. Go check it out yourselves. Hi, guys.
Oh, this from Mike Hannafin, a friend of the show, former CFOY employee from way back. He uh, has the subject matter, May Potts. Hi, guys. As a Facebook watcher in Vancouver, I am catching up on Tuesday's show. Heard the discussion about May Potts winning an award, the Lo- uh, Rosalie Tremblay Award for, you know, recognizing women in broadcasting trailblazers, mm-hmm. uh, much deserved. I added a comment to the Facebook feed. Hopefully you managed to get her on the podcast this week, which we did. May isn't just a fantastic broadcaster with the most genuine style. She's one of the nicest people I have ever met in broadcasting. So dedicated to her profession. And despite all the bullshit the industry threw at her, she always remained positive and inspiring. Give all the awards to May Potts. That's from Mike. Very sweet. Thank you. You know, one of the things uh, I couldn't agree with him more, but one of the things I forgot to mention is that May was one of the first people in my universe, besides yourself, that had sort of their daughter around. I mean, I was going to say, I remember sort of feeling like we, you and I watched Lauren grow up. Like, I remember her being this little kid hanging around the edge and then cut to, you know, working with... Um, May it boom all these years later Lauren is like a 30 35 35 year old human being it was pretty interesting just that sort of the evolution of seeing the kids grow up it was very sweet well a couple of days uh, back in the early 90s I guess when Lauren was you know just a little kid uh, May brought her over to the house for some play dates with Mel and Dan and I ha- actually have a picture of the three of them sitting on the stairs and uh, Lauren would have been like Maybe two or three. And yeah. Danny and Mel. Yeah. Very, yes, very Yes, where's this time go? Where's exactly. the time go? Yeah. Where's the time? Uh, subject matter, golf talk on the podcast. Ooh, more contentious issues. Hi, guys, says Brian Martin in Buffalo. Howard, I'm listening today listening today to catch up and heard you talking about having Robert Dameron on and Boone, a.k.a. Toronto Mike, giving you shit. I was amazed that Robert was actually a guest. I'm sure you both have met and become friendly with many stars over the course of your career, but having a chat with them for your listeners to enjoy is really is really cool. So I'm assuming here it sounds to me like, Freddie, he didn't hear it, but heard us talking about having him on. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, he finishes by saying, anyway, blah, 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 thanks, Brian Martin in Buffalo. And uh, I, I thought it was a great interview, and you made a good point. The other day about how even if you weren't a golf fan, having a guy that with that much credibility and also a really good talker, you know, there's a reason that Dameron became a broadcaster. He's a good little rapper and he's got a funny bit and, you know, he's got a good perspective and he also played against Tiger Woods. Well, this is it. You know, I mean, I've often mentioned my mother-in-law, my wife. The only time they watch golf is when Tiger Woods is involved. And we had a guy on our show that played in a tournament. Many tournaments. Yeah, okay. Um, Many tournaments. One in particular, he had a better score than Tiger Woods. (laughs) So right there, I'm sold. Yeah, it was pretty good content. Anyway, uh, let's move on to our friends and favorites, the Baldwin Sisters. Yes, the Baldwin Sisters. Uh, Welcome back, guys. Enjoyed your conversation this morning about reading and books. I was talking about... You know, the billionaire murders written by Kevin Donovan. As kids, we so enjoyed our regular visits to the local library, and there really is nothing like holding a physical book in your hands. By the way, is uh, this leading to a new podcast, the Aging with Spectacles podcast, the old the old guy's book club? Yeah, I love that. Uh, 
Who knows? Oh, by the Who way, knows? just to jump in here, Kevin Donovan's on our show next week to talk about yes, uh, the book. Uh, speaking of books, you've probably already heard this CBC interview with Bono on his new memoir, Surrender, which I have on my table just over here. Uh, found it quite interesting, and his discussion about faith and religion during the interview was interesting, too. Interesting. And she, prov- and she, prov- and she provides the... Uh, the link to that interview. Glad that uh, you all uh, brought back some sunny, warm weather, golfing in brackets, uh, uh, from your time away. Hope Dan's cold is getting better. Uh, the Baldwin sisters, yes. Mm. Very, very lovely. Thank you, Hi Baldwin guys. sisters. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Thank you so much. All right. Hey, guys. Hundy P from 2014, but listened every morning in the hundred in the 102.1 days on the way to high school. I think Fred has referenced a reggae, reggae playlist in the past. A song you played today made me think of it. Can I get a link or a screenshot? I'd love to add it to my summer section, summer selections at, the, at my Tin Palace. I'm allowed. To, am I allowed to call mine that? He says. Thanks, guys. Everybody love everybody. And uh, you did take care of him, I believe. Yes, I did. I gave him the link to what he was looking for because we're at your service constantly. We are at your service. Mm-hmm. And Hi appreciate guys. everything. Hi guys. All right. Uh, this is a subject for Howard, especially, but Fred, of course, is welcome. Richard Bullis. Hi, guys. Just wondering your thoughts on mud on the ball and playing out of a divot scenarios in golf. Do you find these to be archaic? I mean, do you want to take it from there, Howard, or should I continue reading? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he goes on to ask about it. It's just a funny, it's just a funny little rule. Um, well, first of all, mud on the ball. You're not allowed to clean. You're not allowed to clean anything off your ball once you hit it. Once, once they tee off, the ball's in play until you get to the green, then you can mark and clean your ball. Um, so that's one thing. Playing out of a divot, they've been discussing this for years. Should that be ground under repair? Because think about it. You hit your ball right down the middle of the fairway, and so, you know somebody has a, there's a divot there, and you just happen to go into it. Is that fair? Are you, you're being penalized you know, through no fault of your own. I happen to be a, I think it should be ground under repair guy. In the world of golf, though, this starts like crazy debates from people saying, well, you can't touch your golf ball, blah, blah, blah. But I just think, you know, if, especially in sandfield divots, because what they'll do is they'll, they'll repair the divot by putting seed in it. But it's, mm-hmm. and how they keep it together is they put it in some sand. Anyway, I've gone on too long. But just to say that I'm, I may, I think that should be ground under repair and you should be able to take it out of the divot guy. But thank you, Richard, for that very uh, great question. By the way, when you, so. when you, when you play your little games with Danny and, and Darren and your friends, do you guys play the ball down? What's that mean? Well, just that, what I mean by that is playing the ball down is what we, what I do in competition. You never touch the ball. But sometimes guys who just play for fun, you know, they'll move the ball, they'll fluff it up, they'll, you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, okay, so which is fine. Most people do in their sort of mm-hmm. casual golf. You just move it out of a thing, mm-hmm. it's on some shitty grass, you move it onto a nice oh, yeah, grass. absolutely. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. Because yeah, I was going to say, yeah. you should, you know, have, fucking have fun. Hi, guys. Mm-hmm. Hi, guys. 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 Hi, guys.
Um, I guess this is my turn. Just quickly, uh, well, you know what? I'll introduce it, but you might sort of summarize it. The subject matter is Voldemort. And this became, you asked the question last week of this guy, because he had mentioned he he had a a bad experience with Voldemort. And the subject says, he says, uh, hi, guys. Freddie wanted to know. So here's my experience. Uh, Yes. um, It's about his experience uh, with... um Disgraced broadcaster John uh, Derringer. Anyways, I'm not going to read it all. He said it was the spring of 2006. Q107 had a promo called Tour of the Neighborhood, where the morning show would broadcast from a contest winner's house. It made a stop in Milton. I got up early one morning before work, went to check out the uh, the circus scene. I met a friend at the house who got me inside to check out the show live. The show and its scheduled events were going along along as planned, uh, all the things they usually do. At one point, when a commercial break came uh, along and the on-air sign went off, Voldemort stood up, threw his headphones on the table and yelled, Can someone run out to the truck and get me a pair of headphones that fucking work? I'm trying <laughs> to be professional. Anyway, it made for a very weird situation in front of the homeowners and their young children who were sitting in the living room. Everyone was visibly shaken and it was just a weird vibe. Uh, He said, I figured it was just an isolated incident, but after the Jennifer Valentine uh, made her video, it all made sense to me. Hey, loving the podcast. I'm currently in Florida with my family and love listening to an episode while walking on the beach just north of Daytona. Uh, Trump delusionism is alive and well down here. Anyway, he goes on to talk about seeing Trump flags and what have you. Yeah, very right? dis- very he said the really tough contest was one of his favorites from back in the day. So thank you very much, Chris Tonner. Very nice. Thanks, Chris. Uh, this is from another uh, longtime listener, Leanna M. Scott. Hi, guys. OG, Hundy P. Leanna here. Heart rate, 71. Bowel movement, normal. Weight, not telling. You know, I exist. can I just pause here and say something to you? I love that. I love them. People yes. do that. I love here's there's nothing mm-hmm. better for me and maybe for you. But when we do something comedic, mm-hmm. you, me, whatever, or bits that come up on the show, it really that that is worth it for me. When I see people who like to play along, mm-hmm. it's just great. I know that seems obvious to say that, but I just wanted to say it. I love that shit. (laughs) When I saw her put heart rate, 71 bowel movement, normal. Uh, As uh, the subject, though, for Leanna was, I was talking about, you know, we were talking about this idea of how frightening it must be for children going into churches, seeing a dead guy on a cross. Yes. She says, as raised by staunch Catholic parents, the terror that was the crucifix was real. It really hit home the whole God-fearing rhetoric. When being punished, we were made... Check this out. When being punished, we were made to kneel in front of the crucifix and hung above my parents' bed. The stuff of nightmares, she says. Stay strong, fellas. With thanks, Leanna. There you go. All right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we're almost done. We have one more. Hi, guys. One more yeah, to go. Sub- subject matter here, age spots and air miles. Very funny, Dave Little. Uh, hi, guys. Love the, love the new show and look forward to new episodes. 
I, uh, nice to hear the price of food in various places, but would like to hear the price of accommodation. What did you pay in Mexico per month? And also, where Fred stayed in the Dominican, he'd like to know what that price was. I still like uh, listening, watching in the morning on Facebook because you're my morning show. That's what you are. Uh-huh. Always a fan, Dave. Well, that wraps up another uh, Friday email segment. Uh, thanks to everyone that emailed us. Although I may, maybe I could answer that. I mean, uh, Dominican Republic a month it was inside um, five thousand dollars, and in uh, uh, Mexico it was inside four thousand dollars for the month. Just so you know. Um, for me, the uh, first month I was in Mexico. I'll just be honest. I stayed at my brother's place, so that was nothing. Um. My biggest expense, to the surprise of nobody, would be how much I spent on golf. And um, again, very lucky. I spent 80 U.S. Mm-hmm. at one course, the Hard Rock, and I spent 60 U.S. at the other. So I was probably a couple grand worth of golf. The second place, my accommodations were 2500 so I was also, I guess, inside four thousand at the in San Miguel. I mean, probably a little more if I think about how much golf cost me there. But you know, that's one of the reasons you've and you've made this point. One of the reasons to retire in those places is uh, what would that have cost us in Florida? Oh, the places I was in. Oh, yeah. like the Dominican one would have been ten, twelve thousand dollars because it was right on the beach. Yeah, and then Mexico. Um, Again, in Florida, the most modest things now is going to run you five to six thousand. I was going to say six or seven. That place you had six or seven is what I would say. Even the place I had would have been closer to five. The Uh, only difference is when you talk about golf, I mean, once you get off the mainland, golf becomes very expensive. Oh, yeah. One thing about Florida, the golf is cheap. Yeah, in parts of Florida. No, you're right. In fact, all parts of Florida, you can find cheap golf. You're right. For somebody like me? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, but no offense, where I want to play, it's, it's not yes. cheap. Um, all right. Well, again, I'm sorry. I forgot. I, I, I was not paying attention. So you that, thanks for doing that for Dave. And thanks to everyone who uh, emailed us. Uh, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. And uh, we will see everybody. Did you have anything you want to say? Just, well, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's everybody, all good. Everybody love everybody. And we'll see you all on Monday. <laughs>